Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not to be as mean as you I are. I mean, good morning, fellas. Right. How are you? Speaking of bastards. <laughs> <Kenny>. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Poor people salty. are stuck. It's odd for you to be salty like this, Kenny. I don't know what's, yeah. what's happening. <laughs> Go to Just play a Mendot, okay? Not the poor people. Uh, Chip is hanging out with us from the Star Tribune. We'll talk to John Krasinski from The Athletic on Timberwolves at 11. Roy Smalley, let's uh, start with this. Ding, ding. Uh, and all the options are open, but we're excited about the pick. Uh, we think there are several good uh, players there, uh, Scott and the scouting staff. Um, they've done a great job of preparing for it. So uh, we're looking forward to that. And then, of course, um, this past week, you, you're looking at all the trade possibilities as well. So it's one of the few times during the course of the year where you have a chance to improve the club. Uh, and so all options are open right now. Okay, Tom Thibodeau, Scott Layden, Rick Spielman. Who says less over the course <laughs> of a half-hour pre-draft media session, Chipper? I think it's a tie. It's 1-1-A, one one right, Spielman? And, and I'll, I'll lump the Wolves together, Layden and, and Tibbs. I think Spielman takes more pride in thinking he's telling you something while not doing that. Tibbs and Layden actually don't care. Yeah. Like Spielman. It's a game. Spielman There's thinks- more disdain on the... Tibbs laden side for media yeah. and for speculation. Rick thinks he's got you. Like Rick thinks I just told them nothing yeah. and they they b- believe it. Tibbs and Laden, they don't ki- they don't care. But I will give the Wolves credit for this. They would fit in the National Football League absolutely perfect. Oh and yeah. With the with the lack of information in a league that actually does give you stuff. Yeah. They are absolute masters at giving you nothing. There's not even a morsel there. No, and I think uh, it's probably for for Layden. I'm sure it's it, the Greg Popovich model, right? He he was cut his teeth under Pop, and I think that, he got burned in New York as well with the yeah. Knicks. And so um, I forgot who was it one time trying to just is you know group things like off the record. He's like, nah, I don't do off the record. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, can go, you can go bleep yourself. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so, go to hell. That's fine. Uh, How's yeah. your day going? <laughs> <laughs> Good talk. Uh, yeah, I mean, with Spielman, it's um, as I don't want to say he's in on the joke, but I think he knows that we know that he knows that, yes. <laughs> that we're not getting anything here. Um, and that's yeah, it's it's how Tibbs is. I mean, it's airtight there. They're not gonna they're not gonna have the loose lips. They're not gonna you know yeah. be you know quietly you know. Loose lips sink ships. I'm not sure if you know. Yeah, that. I've heard that. I before, made that yeah. one up. Yeah, it is funny though. It's it's the polar opposite from the way Flip ran it. Right? I yeah. Mean, it was oh, like yeah. Flip just Come kick, on kicking the feet up on the desk. <laughs> Flip calling people. Yeah. Um, I did find one thing interesting. Uh, this the story from the Athletic. John Krasinski, who will join us in a couple hours. 
He wrote pretty lengthy piece. Kind of, I feel like almost tap dancing around the awkwardness of Tom Thibodeau and Carl Anthony Towns, and um, and I'll just read you guys an excerpt here. But Tom Thibodeau and Carl Anthony Towns have spoken on the phone this offseason, league sources told the Athletic, and there is expected to be more substantive dialogue in the coming weeks when Towns returns from his travels. According to several people familiar with the situation. There has not been an impasse between the two. Towns has not asked for a trade, and the Wolves are not considering trading him because there have been reports that maybe he was going to be on the trade block or available. Uh, As contract extension talks kick off for Towns this summer, the communication only figures to increase. My takeaway, 30,000-foot view of the NBA right now, you've got five or six teams all looking to go from one level to the next to beat the Warriors to add... Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, how can we get from playoffs or second or third round to winning a championship? And we're sitting here on the day of the draft and two weeks before free agency trying to figure out if the star franchise player and the coach are on speaking terms. Yeah. Like, it's a little unsettling to me. You know, the fact that the Crawley or whoever even has to have a report out there that they're not going to trade him. So are you guys talking like that's what, what? we're that's what we're doing here right now. Yeah. And I'm not ripping Johnny K. I mean it's no, a legit no, you, question. You have to, yeah. It's, I mean it's reporting, but it's just it's mind blowing that you know everyone else is sort of have their plan and, and you hear by the week there's a new national report. Oh, you know, this guy doesn't like this, he doesn't like that. <laughs> they're not talking. They are talking I mean it's it just speaks to you know there's there's just a dysfunction it seems like that's inside it's, there that's it's very old school. This is this is a sports story that was commonplace in the 80s, the yeah. 90s, where this is a league. It's crystal clear here, right? The NBA is a league that is run mostly, and rightfully so, by players. Like, this is a player's league. And and you hear about executives and coaches talking, and that's fine. But, but the hyper-focus, and it should be, is on the greatness of players. Cat is the Wolves' great player. And there's something very dysfunctional and very wrong about the fact that it needs to be made clear around the draft when, by the way, the, the president of basketball operations has to talk, finally, seven weeks, and now he, he yeah. has to talk, when the story has to be, well, they're talking. <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't be that. It yeah. should it should be, there There should be open dialogue constantly between your star player. I mean, Cat's not just a player and employee. Cat is the future of your franchise. And we are now trying to make it clear that the president of basketball operations, who, by the way, happens to be the coach of this team, is at least having dialogue. That That is not how sports, and especially basketball, should be operating in 2018. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't worry so much about Cat wanting to be here, because I think he's gone to great lengths to say how much he loves Minnesota. He likes, you know, Flip brought him here. He wants to see this through. My bigger concern would be with Jimmy Butler. Is what does he want to, how long does he want to be here? And, and if, you know, if he doesn't sign an extension this year, is his, is it going to get better throughout, you know, another year of this? Or is he going to say, you know what, this just is not what yeah. I thought it was going to be. I think and, the, then, and then you're really, I don't want to say starting over because you still have Cat, but you're in a different spot than you thought you were going to be at. Yeah, the Jimmy Butler thing is really complicated. There's so many layers to it. There's there's layer number one, which is what you just said, Chip. There's one year left in his contract, and if he were to stay the same player, could you keep him around for the next, I don't know, two or three years and grow with Carl Anthony Towns? But then layer number two is what will he even be in two or three years if he's already missing 15, 20 games a year, and he's 29 years old, and he's got uh, a minutes load that goes almost unrivaled on a per game basis the last five years. Little knee surgery here, 
Uh, Tom Thibodeau players who are run into the ground like that traditionally do not last into their 30s. Um, but let's let's say he is healthy and and you are interested in keeping him around. Does he mesh with Wiggins? Does he mesh with Towns? It's it's an amazingly <laughs> complicated conversation. Not based with anybody? on what, not. I mean, if you saw the the quotes he had to uh, the Chicago Sun Times at the end of the year, I would say no. I mean, it was pretty obvious, and 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 his frustration. He spoke at multiple times with the young guys, so I would say. No, he doesn't match at present. And what bothers me about that is, is I think Butler is reflecting how Tibbs f- feels, but doesn't right. say they are. They, I'll go back to, to the fact that those two are peas in a pod, and so they are thinking the same thing. And so that means that your head coach and president of basketball operations is also thinking, what is up with with players? But Tibbs' problem is this: I think he looks at the majority of players in today's game and is like, "What? No, no, no! That's not how I want to do it." That's and it does. It doesn't matter what he thinks. What he needs to do is, is adjust. And I'm sorry, but among things I don't see Tibbs is being flexible. There was even a moment in that press conference yesterday. I think it was Scott Layden who was referring to Tom Thibodeau's system, talking about. You know, players in the draft are free agents, and we're looking we're looking for guys who fit Tibbs's system, which is such a rigid way to yeah. think about roster construction, right? Absolutely. I mean, does, yeah. when when you hear Brad Stevens talk, does he talk about well, I need players who fit my system, or does he say I want really talented guys, yeah. and I'm just going to be I'm just going to be an amoeba. I'm going to be able to to I'll, mold everything together. Yeah, I'll figure out how to draw the most out of them. Yeah. You know, the other thing too is is so they made a big leap this year, mm-hmm. playoffs, win total, all that. So now, how do you make that next big leap? And you and you talk about that within the context of, man, the West is brutal in terms of how good it is. And then if you were to happen to add LeBron to the West, <laughs> now all of a sudden, how do you make that leap when the West and all these other teams yeah. are getting better too? Well, you need three in today's NBA, right? I mean, the, well, really, you could have 10, 10 superstar players. You might not beat the Warriors yeah. right now, but let's just assume that when the Warriors fade out in a year or two, whatever it is, uh, and maybe it's three or four years, but you need a three-headed monster of some kind the only guy that I'm confident in, if we're projecting two or three years out, the only guy that I'm confident in is going to be a part of that three-headed monster is Carl Anthony Towns. Because I don't, I mean, right now, Wiggins, saying, Wiggins is not part of a three-headed monster. But are you saying Butler because of contract or because of... All of the above. Uh, but, I, I wouldn't say skill-wise and, and age. But Chip, I, he doesn't play. Like, he's out, he missed a third of the season. He hasn't yeah. played 70 games in a season, really... Has he ever played seventy games in the season? Going back the last three or four years, and he might walk away. Body's breaking down. The, con- the contract and could thing, just leave. Yeah, the contract thing is the bigger. I mean, to me, that's would be far more concerned than than you know, is he going to drop off as a player? Yeah. I don't. I don't necessarily worry about that as much as you do. Yeah, and I, I don't think it would be the. It wouldn't be the thing if he said, "I'm in, but I want to make a lot of money." Like I definitely want to be here for three years. It wouldn't be the thing that makes me say, "Actually, I'm worried about." I'm worried about your durability. Yeah, but it's it's a thing. Yeah. I'll give you this chipper, Zach Parisi. Jimmy Butler is the same guy. He's. Mm, he, I think he's. I, I, I think he's going to work himself too. I and and he he has made himself great because he works so hard. But but with a combination of the guy that he plays for, who's going to tax him all that he possibly can. I'm just saying. I think I think that's worthy of a discussion of concern. And my my thing with the Wolves guys is I look at at the Twins, the Wild, and Vikings, and I say in in all cases, and it differs a bit, but in all cases, I see a plan. I see a plan that gets you 2020, and it might not be perfect, but I see a plan. I can't tell you guys beyond Cat. I can't tell you right now what the Wolves' plan is, and I don't even know that they they know. I think all they see is 2018-19, 
And that's the concerning thing to me. Well, when you look at the, the veterans they added, it, it's not a, a long-term plan. It's a win now, but... And also, I don't think you can project too far in advance because you don't know what Butler's going to do. He may get to the end, you know, this year and say, forget it, I'm out of here. And then the plan changes dramatically. And so I don't think you can really say, here's the vision where you had that with Flip. With his plan, it was obvious what he's going to do. We're going to have yeah. these young guys we're going to build. It's a totally different scenario. Yeah, it's they're, they're caught in this conflicting place. Where if you, I mean, if you are just going to be totally objective and and you're just going to concede the Western Conference this year that the Warriors aren't going away, the Rockets yeah. are going to come back, and the Rockets might have won the championship if Chris Paul hadn't got hurt. Yeah. So it's yeah. possible the Rockets are the best team still. This, you know, it, be objective, concede it, and do everything you can to draw Wiggins out to to make sure that Wiggins gets closer to fulfilling his. And if that was your plan, if you said okay. We're going to slow cook this thing. We're going to go back to the drawing board a little bit here. We're still going to be a playoff team, but the main goal is Towns and Wiggins progressing forward. I don't think Jimmy Butler would be part of that plan because obviously it's oil and water to this point between those two players. So then so then this would never happen. Would you trade Jimmy Butler with one year left on his contract? I'm not saying Tom Thibodeau would. I'm saying if I were the GM right now and I'm looking at the Western Conference and I'm stuck in no man's land right now. Getting back to the playoffs as a seven seed, maybe even a four seed, but with no chance to go deep in the Western Conference. Boy, I don't know. And I mean, if Andrew saying... Wiggins is the key to this franchise because he's under contract for five more years, and you have to draw something out of him. You're just and... a Wiggins fan, right? Just admit it. <laughs> no, I hate Wiggins. I mean, he's my least favorite player but in the NBA. Trade Jimmy Butler. No, w- Chip, I'm telling you. I, if, I know what you're saying. I know what you're if saying. If Jimmy Butler's going to leave in a year, yeah, yeah, you should trade him right now. Trade him to the San Antonio Spurs Boy. for Kawhi Leonard or something, or make some well, other yeah, deal happen. Yeah. Otherwise, if you do that, yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, you should you should but be it, thinking about this stuff. It does speak to. Uh, you go back a year ago, and anything seemed possible. When they remember the press conference, they had a Mall of America, and you're thinking this thing is going to. Yeah. Jimmy gave out his phone number, his cell phone number. And we now, all thought it was great. And now we're a year all so later, happy. yeah, near year later, you're thinking, where's this even headed? You maybe trade him? Is he not going to be here? It's it's just. In a season when they had what sixteen plus wins, yes, more and made the playoffs, yes, it just it, it it's it's amazing how I keep saying I don't know if it's dysfunction is the right word, but just how screwed up it is. I think I think dysfunction is entirely accurate and correct. I think dysfunction is the word for for where things stand, and I think what's bothersome about this thing though is the three of us can't sit here and say that we see any type of coherent plan other than the potential to go get a third guy for this coming year and possibly try and win now because that's all i see yeah but are you going to take on another oh and it's not po- it's yeah. it's not going to to happen You'd my have point to trade is wiggins for like yeah, Kawhi, and yeah, that would be yeah. but my point is is beyond that you tell me do you see something no. cuz i don't see it yeah i just don't it just it feels like let's let's come back we can talk more about this too <laughs> chips hanging out with us but it feels like they're sort of no this is great I mean, I you feel like you're talking circles on it right it, a little bit because <laughs> they're just going to come back and do the same thing they did last year for the most part yeah. right and hope and pray that Andrew Wiggins gets better. And if Andrew Wiggins is better, then this team might actually have a chance and to Butler be... And Butler stays healthy, absolutely. Yep. Uh, Chip's hanging out with us from the Star Tribune, StarTribune.com. We have Johnny K from The Athletic at 11 o'clock. Roy Smalley on Twins. We'll talk some Twins when we come back here. Uh, we watch sports on a TCL TV in this studio, a 55-inch 4K Roku TV with 4,000 built-in streaming channels and 450,000-plus built-in movies, TV show episodes. It is America's fastest-growing TV brand, TCL. 
Uh, when I'm flipping around, I love the built-in Roku device, and uh, and you get access to Fox Sports Go, to watch ESPN, uh, WWE Network. We even watch old-school hockey games on the NHL platform uh, with that built-in Roku device. No extra cords, no extra connections. You just get your cable-slash-satellite channels on one page, and then on the next page, all your streaming channels, uh, YouTube, Netflix, whatever you want. Again, any major local retailer in the Twin Cities and find out why TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand. Um, I saw some people staring at one at a Target on Saturday. I don't know if they pulled the trigger on it, but if they didn't, they're idiots. Go buy a TCL TV. Mackie and Judd are back. Gentlemen, the moment has finally arrived. On 1500 ESPN. Will be Manning. Back to throw. Across the middle. Pass complete. Ball down at the 35. To the 40. To the 45. To the 50. To the 45. To the 40. To the 35. 30. 25. 20. 15. 10. 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Kent. Touchdown on play number one. The kick is in the air. And the kick this time is... No, sir, leave. No, sir, leave. Final score, Tennessee 20, Florida 17. Pandemonium Lane. Oh, man. Our goal is to get Chip to cry right now. I'm a little weepy, I'm not going to lie. You missed you right now? Oh, boy. Tell us about John Ward. He is a... As, as people have said, if you had, and I know people hate the Mount Rushmore thing, but he would be on it for Tennessee Athletics. He is, he was a giant. And it, it goes back to the era where I, it, everybody has their favorite play-by-play radio guy. But it, it, maybe it's me just being, you know, romanticizing it. But when you're in the South in SEC football and, and not every game was televised, and yeah. so that radio play-by-play guy became who you listen to. I yeah. mean, and I would be one to bet, and I, this is not exaggerating, I would bet 80% of the people in the South watch the games with the TV turned down and John on. You had to listen to John Ward because you had to listen to him. He, on Sundays, they would have a coach's show, him and Johnny Majors, and we used to beg my mom every Sunday, let's leave Mass after communion. Just keep on walking. Because if we did that, <laughs> we could be home by noon to see the start of the... Yeah. And, you know, my Facebook account last night was just everybody... All my people back home with his famous calls. It was you know give him six, and it, you know he coined the thing. It's football time in Tennessee, and they still it made it, the game feel like it was like the most important. Every yeah, Saturday was the Super awesome. Bowl. You know it's football time in Tennessee, and that voice everybody knew John Ward's voice, and so I mean he was a legend. And like when I was a you know a student um, there working for the paper and getting to meet him, it was. You know, one of the highlights yeah. of my life. Did he do basketball too, or just yeah, he did. And okay. he, he did basketball too, and he was good at that too. Um, he'd always say when Tony White or somebody make a shot, he'd say bottoms. You know, that was his, it was his call, and so um, it, it, you know, it, it's uh, it goes back to that era where I'm sure different markets had their guys. Well, we had Ray Christensen, Ray Christensen was the guy here, yeah. and it's unfortunate because Ray Christensen had this legendary voice when he called go for basketball and football, but the products. Well, yeah. the football product in particular was so bad for for like, throughout the '80s, and mm-hmm. they're getting beat by 70 points by Nebraska. For Tennessee to have the legendary voice and be this powerhouse yeah. team, man. yeah, and he did it for 30 years, 68 to, to 98, and just I mean, you're talking about how many just you know two generations and millions and millions of people just you know idolized John Ward for the way he called the games, the way he made it. You know, you he was like your uncle. 
right? Right. I mean, you 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 would uh, talk about John Ward after the game and his calls, and you'd mimic him with your dad. I mean, it's just oh. when was I'm his last? Get a little talk, no, go, let it all yeah, out. Let, <laughs> come on, right, Chipper. Yeah. When, when when did he call his last game? Ninety eight. So okay, Peyton, so, he's yeah. been, so yeah. Peyton's last year there, yeah. or had Peyton yeah. been? Yeah. Yep. Who did? Uh, well, I mean, Judd and I are both from Minnesota, so we you grew up a little earlier than I did. But did you grow up on Herb Carneal calling Twins games? Yep. Or were you, okay, Herb Carneal on the Twins, Ray Christensen on golf for basketball and uh, football. Ray Scott actually did the Vikings on CCO when, when I, I was a kid. But the guy, my my John Ward Al Shaver on yeah. the North Stars, without a doubt, Al was mm-hmm. fantastic. And Al would actually do the road game solo. And it was just great. Yeah, but well, Al was the guy. If if you talk about going to bed and putting and your your mom being like, okay, lights out, time to go to bed, and you'd be like, okay, mom, thanks, and then you you take out the transistor and stick it below your pillow. That was Al to me. I just remember, you know, as a kid, we'd go in the basement. Vols would be on the games that were on TV. You turn the sound down. And you had John on, and you just turn it up, and and you know. And that's back in the day when TV and radio could sync up. Yeah. Now it's a pain in the butt. Yeah, it is. Well, yeah. at least you can kind of pause TV now, and you can, like, you could probably pause both to try and time but it. But back out to then, make it, it work. sort of worked. <laughs> it it worked. But you think about it, like, not not all twelve games were broadcast back then, right? And and which so, kids now are like, what? Yeah, and so you. What about the SEC network? Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, you got cable and satellite. What's yeah, going but Tim Tebow wasn't doing halftime. Yeah, then? so John Ward was your, as as people said, he was your eyes. You know, when you couldn't see the game, you listened to what he said, and yeah, man, just the calls he had were. You know, he, he, he's at the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, yeah, the kid, 1. Give him sex. Touchdown, big art. I mean, it's amazing. How, it's amazing how soundtracks, whether it's music, when you think back to different points in your life, like I, when I hear certain songs, yeah, I think about very specific moments in my life. Oh, this song that came on. I remember sitting in my dorm room in college, or I remember being at a junior high dance. And sports play by play is the oh same God. way. When yeah. you hear a voice or when you see a clip, if you were just watching it play out, it would be exciting. But that layer of drama and that and that radio voice is special. And when, oh, without it's doubt, so special because of the voice. They, you know, especially if they he had a distinctive voice. And when they have a distinctive voice like that, yep. But you're right. I mean, I think about you know, and my dad died last year, and you think about guys sitting in the basement. Some of your best moments were yeah with your dad watching you know listening to John Ward call Tennessee football games like. Whew. So for me, uh, like I'm a little younger than you guys are. So some of the names for me, like I remember. This is going to sound ridiculous, but Kevin Harlan was a voice of my yeah. youth, and he's in he's in the middle of his broadcast prime right now. So it's yeah. in thirty years when I tell people, "Oh, Kevin Harlan," it'll be it'll mean more because he'll be older and he'll probably be the number one voice NBA. Uh, but the other one, John Gordon, Herb Carneal as well, but John Gordon took over for my generation. John Gordon was the voice of the Twins throughout the nineties. They were going; it was him and Herb Carneal. But my dad would always bring the radio, the transistor radio, to the Metrodome. And so we'd watch the games from left field, and I would always like, he'd always have it really loud, and I'd always be like, "Dad, like, like people around, I keep looking over, <laughs> no, like we get the radio no, cranked no, up." No, but, I love that. But it was, but to listen to the call at the Metrodome and to hear Herb Carneal and yeah. John Gordon, that's etched in my brain forever. Yeah, when kid. I was a kid, and we'd go to Neyland Stadium and watch games. You see the people with the the big headphones, with, oh, the, yeah, with yeah. the antenna thing, and you were listening I did to John. That. Yeah, at the Met. Oh yeah, that's it's great. And Herb when when I started so I started following Twins in seventy eight and Herb was still really good. Mm-hmm. I mean Herb Herb had had his fastball for a a few years after that. And so yeah, I, I would actually I would take the radio to the games and put on the headset or something. That's awesome. And people would be like, Okay, what but it was great. I I loved it. But radio to me, T V announcers and T V can't match it. 
No. Like, I don't go back and say, well, oh. it's not as descriptive. It, yeah. I mean, TV, and, the, the visuals are the description. And know? a play-by, a really good play-by-play guy on radio for your favorite team is almost like a family friend. Mm-hmm. Like, I would never say that about a TV guy, That's, but a, a radio guy who's really, really good becomes part of your life. And it, yeah, and that's, and that's what I was saying. John Ward kind of like your uncle, and you talked about him. And, you know, he had these calls. Now, you know, nowadays it's sometimes it's like a stick or it's too forced. With him, it was never forced. It was just, it was like authentic, right? And those calls, like everybody in Tennessee knew him. And you would recite them. And, and that missed kick call was great. Yeah. No, no, sirree. Manning, back to throw, across the middle, pass complete. Ball down at the 35, to the 40, to the 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Kent, touchdown on play number one. The kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no, sir, Lee. No, <laughs> Sir, Reeves, final score, Tennessee 20, Florida 17, Pandemonium Lane. Yeah, that's really oh, cool. man. That's really oh, cool. God. Uh, right, now you are getting, oh, yeah. <laughs> this, this is good. We're getting close. His, his, his you know, most famous one is give him six every time he'd score. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, Rest in peace. What, what, are, what are some of the, what are some of your favorite catchphrases Play-by-play catchphrases that you remember. I think there's one right now, one, a modern one right now, that's going to go down in 40 or 50 years. We're going to think back. Mike Breen yelling bang, bang yeah. is so good. I it know. holds up. It, it. I think it's better than Marv Albert's yes, which well, is great, too. The, Marv, the Albert, Michael Jordan yes, era. Is, Marv Albert yes is probably in my lifetime the the most it's his, iconic. His iconic, yeah, iconic. Right it, 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 it represents the Michael Jordan era Correct. of the NBA. Yeah, yeah, but Mike Breen's bang represents the this next golden age of the NBA. Steph Curry and the the three point revolution. Yeah, right? it's when 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 Marv Albert had his fastball and oh. was doing Jordan games. And yes, boy, it's it's hard to top that. I mean, for sure. And he started yes with with the Knicks on yeah. the lo- local broadcast there too, right? Yeah, because I think that goes back to the seventies. Yeah. 70s. yeah. So I mean, to me, that's. But I think basketball probably lends itself more than any other sport, right? Well, there's more. Act, there's act, yeah, there's action, and there's yeah. yeah. But I would say to me, Marv Albert um, is the one that's you know the yes. I, I can't think of any other. I that, can't think of catchphrases I I like that much now. Uh, what about Chip Carey fisted to right field? Remember when he got blown out the TBS broadcast? <laughs> <laughs> to me, to me that. The guy, Fisted to center. Okay. The guy that, that's got the break. all the different phrases, but he changes the, them up, and it's just great as Doc on hockey. Emmerich, yeah. you know, he knifes the puck, and he comes up with all these different ways to, to say things. Uh, but the two guys that I keep going back to now are uh, Doc and Vinny Scully. Yeah. Just because it's just... Hearing them, they're just so good and so professional, and they, they, love, they love or loved what they do so much. Uh, but they don't try and make it about themselves, which is really tough in sports broadcasting. Now I think we were, I was thinking about this when I was thinking about John Ward last night. So Bob Kessling replaced him. Like, imagine being the guy that you have to replace 
Vince Scully or you never want to be that John guy. Ward. I mean, there's nothing you you could be the greatest broadcaster in the history of broadcasting, and it's not going to be you're not going to be John Ward. Always be the guy that replaces the guy who replaced <laughs> John Ward. Yeah, yeah. That's the key to life, Trevor. Uh, uh, holy cow, Harry Carey, holy oh, cow yeah. is another one. Yeah, for those of us watching Cubs games, WGN yeah. growing up, or even before that, was he yelling "Holy cow" for oh, yeah. uh, Cardinals for and years. White Sox too? Yeah. Yep. Um, all right, we well, just made Chip cry. So. Yeah, it's it's a sad day in Tennessee. It, it was a lot of. <laughs> Uh, outpouring of emotion last night. The celebration, though, too, in the man's life. 88, he lived a good life. Sure. Uh, You got to get to Target Field. Thanks, boys. So, check Shag and StarTribune, StarTribune.com. We'll mix in some twins discussion here. And uh, actually, you and I were were talking before the show, Judd, about the Wolves and what they can do and what they're over the salary cap. What can they do? And we're going to go beautiful mind at some point here with what they can do salary cap wise does uh, B elites a factor in Mackie and Judd TCL broadcast studios Mackie and Judd will return shortly man isn't this the greatest on 1500 ESPN hey Joe Mackie Judd Zolgad let's make this older dumpier right? and whiter there <laughs> Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN I think every team is faced with the same challenges and that's how you handle those challenges uh, and the whole idea is to keep getting better so um, some, uh, oftentimes you agree on things, sometimes there may be some disagreements, but it's all about you know, improvement. Winning is the ultimate goal for everyone. And when you sit down and you talk to any of the players, or whether you're talking to Glenn or Scott, uh, I know where the heart is. And everyone wants to win. That doesn't mean we agree on everything, but for most things we do agree upon. So you communicate and you map out your plan and you move forward. We're looking to add wings. We're looking to add wings. That last part, that last part at least tells us something. The rest of that, so his his quote that you just played from the press conference on Wednesday, if you dissect what he said, Tibbs told us everybody wants to win. We disagree sometimes, but agree a lot. And besides that... <laughs> Told you absolutely nothing. Well, I wouldn't expect him to say anything. No, I know, so, I know, but it's just hilarious to li- it's hilarious to listen to a person give you an entire, let's say, two two paragraphs of quote, and you go back and you're like, wow. Well, what about this? This is him on Carl Anthony Towns and all the rumors. And do you feel like things are in a good place with Cat? And yeah, just in terms yeah, of- uh, I get, you know, he's he's doing quite well. <laughs> so. You know, and I love Cat. I mean, you know, he's he's had a terrific start to to his career. Um, he's doing a little bit of traveling right now. He's you know working out. Jimmy's traveling as well. So we we got two world travelers right now, but they'll be back shortly. So, but they're you know that to get to where we are, and obviously we're not where we ultimately want to be. But it was a major step forward, and we you can't do it individually. It's got to be the whole group doing it together. Um, and for the most part, I think we are in a good place. Right, what's the, I need the I need the Judd Zolgad press conference translator for that one. Uh, the information in that quote is that Cat uh, and Butler are traveling. <laughs> well, I thought there was a little something are, about don't, there was a little don't be selfish at the end there. I think that was more about. I don't think he would say that about Jimmy Butler. He said because the, the you can't do it alone seemed like a bit of a bit of a Carl Anthony Towns message, which I'm fine with. Is the is the quote, is the beginning, so so Krasinski asked the questions, 
or question. Is the quote where he where he says Cat is doing well or, or something like that and starts to laugh, is the laugh supposed to like lighten it up and so you're like, Oh yeah, sure Cat's doing well. And do you feel like things are in a good place with Cat and yeah, in terms yeah. of Yeah, uh, I get you know he's he's doing quite well. <laughs> so <laughs> Like what's the laugh supposed to do for you there? I think the laugh Ooh, the laugh the laugh is a representation of I know there's a bunch of crap out there right now, and I'm not going to acknowledge it. I'm just going to laugh. I know that I know why you're asking me the question. Okay. So I'm going to answer your question in the way that I want to. All right. But this question isn't just coming out of the blue. You're asking it because there's report. He he sees the reports. Of course he does. The laugh is a buffer. It's his way of acknowledging. <laughs> I know that this is going to sound crazy because there's all kinds of reports out there, but Cat's doing just fine. That was my interpretation. All right. Yeah. It was just sort of odd. Maybe um, he saw early photos from the body issue. He's laughing at cats. Cats quite dad, well. The dad bod is who? Who called him it? So one of the was it uh, one of the former NBA player talking heads called it a dad bod, or somebody tweeted about that during the playoffs. Might have been like Barkley. He doesn't have a dad bod, but he doesn't have. He's, Carl wow. Carl's not super chiseled. He's not Tom Thibodeau doughy. I'm not talking about anyone's physique. <laughs> oh, right you had now. no problem aside from Sano. doing it. Aside right. from Sano. Um, He's a fatty. So I spent like an hour before the show just going through salary cap ruminations. You want me to give you my findings here? Yes. I'm not going to go into the deep into the weeds because no one cares and it's boring and it made my head explode. The questions to answer here are, would the Wolves at or over the salary cap, what can they do to make their team better? That's the, that's the key question. What can they do to make their team better? And then in addition, you know, what, because there was a story in the Star Tribune, Jerry Zagoda explained that by waving Cole Aldrich, which is going to happen here, maybe even today, by waving Cole Aldrich, that they will save $5 million and be able to spend $5 million more. That's not entirely accurate. They won't be able to spend $5 million more. They will save $5 million toward the luxury tax slash salary cap. But since they're over it, the next milestone for them to hit is the luxury tax, which... Glenn Taylor traditionally doesn't want to do. Um, so they have these assets. Even even over the cap, they have these assets. They have what's called a mid-level exception. I'm going to explain this like I'm talking to... Because this is how I learn. Like I, It's complicated. The NBA salary cap is a soft cap. You can still add pieces to your team even though you're over the cap. Right. And the NBA wanted it to be that way so that, so that you can retain your own players and you don't wind up losing a superstar. So they have two different ways where they can add a player aside from trading for someone. Uh, this is just via free agency. They have a mid-level exception, which is $8.5 million is the full mid-level exception. Mm-hmm. Unless you're over the luxury tax, which they're about, I want to say, $20 million away from the luxury tax. So right now, they would get the full mid-level exception of $8.5 million. So they could add someone like a Contavious Caldwell-Pope, uh, I don't know if Avery Bradley is going to sign for eight, eight and a half. He might sign for more somewhere, but you could add a legit player for $8 million for sure. A guy who can shoot threes, a guy who can play defense. All right. They also have something called a biannual exception. You can use this once every two years and you can sign a guy for up to two years. Okay. Bi- okay. It's called a biannual exception. So if you used it last year, you can't use it, it this like year. sounds like a sale. <laughs> going out of business. The NBA, yeah. the NBA is going out of business, but not before our biannual exception. Bye, bye, bye. Every couple of years we do this. <laughs> so it's uh, it's $3.4 million, All the right. biannual exception. 
that would be that's uh, that's what the Lakers used a few years ago or a decade ago to sign veteran Carl Malone to their 2004 team. It's what you could use if Derrick Rose winds up searching around the market and realizes no one's going to pay so, me for the 2010 version of me. Both of these exceptions are available to the Wolves for this coming season. Correct. All right. Yep. Now, I believe you can even combine them a little bit. I don't know how that works. I, can you combine them to get to, what's the math on that, uh, $12 million total? To pay one guy. Okay. To pay one guy? Got you. I think you can. I'm not 100% sure on that. It's dangerous. Be I'm careful. not a cap expert, Be but careful. I did stay at a Holiday Express last night. Okay? Don't do it. You might get in trouble with Adam Silver. Um, so those are the two free agent assets they have in terms of, in terms of finances. Uh, they also have the 20th overall pick, obviously, which we'll find out what they do with that tonight. The two wild cards here on their roster right now, to me, are Bielitsa and Cole Aldrich. So there's no way they're going to exercise Cole Aldrich's. They're not going to pay him the $7 million that he could be owed if they want. He's guaranteed $2 million. So the reason why that matters is because if you get to the luxury tax, all of a sudden you're paying more money. You're paying maybe $2 or $3 per every dollar you spend, and Glenn Taylor doesn't want to do that. You also reduce your ability to spend the full level exception. So there's a lot of luxury tax reasons why Cole Aldrich is going to get waived or sure. or whatever. Sure. Bielitz is another interesting one. So his qualifying offer is seven point five million dollars. He's a restricted free agent. If you you could renounce him like they did with Shabazz Muhammad and just say goodbye to him and get nothing, or you could you could exercise the qualifying offer option, and then. He would become a restricted free agent. You'd have the ability to match any contract offer that any other team makes. The problem is if you bring back Bielitsa and you sign someone to a full mid-level exception and you use the biannual exception, okay? Yep. yep. That's right up against, if not over, the luxury tax, which Glenn Taylor doesn't really want to pay. So let me, especially for a team that's not going to win the championship. So let me so throw this, is this where it gets complicated. You. Okay, okay. That doesn't even include next year when Carl Anthony Towns makes like twenty five million dollars. So take all that you just gave me and tell me this: Would you be willing to, if if you're the Wolves, make a trade tonight that would send uh, Gorgie, for instance, to the Hawks and the twentieth pick? The twentieth pick being being the incentive to take him and his contract to clear the room that would come off if you got rid of, of his contract, which obviously would bring your salary down a little bit. Well, I would never do that unless I got something in return. Like, I would never just clear the salary for Glenn Taylor's sake unless he demanded it, in which case he'd be... But you could make other moves. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, my perception is, if you did that and just cleared the salary tonight, now on July 1st, you could probably go into the market and be more aggressive and have more to spend on somebody else. But you would have given up that 20th pick as the incentive yeah. to take the Gorgie contract. Yeah, that's. I mean, it depends on how it all shakes out in terms of because if you this is this is where the timing of some of these moves. This is where I get confused. If you were to if you were to ship away the, what is it fifteen million or whatever it is whatever Gorgie makes fifteen something sixteen million dollars, if you were to ship that away, you'd be under the salary cap. But once you start to add Bielitsa back in and you start to add mid level exception back in, now you're back over the salary cap. You can't sign a player outside of mid level exception and biannual if you're over the salary cap. So clearing out that room, I think, would just be saving yourself from the luxury tax. In which case. I'd want something in return. Like if it, if it came down to would I rather have Gorgie in the twentieth pick or that money? The money doesn't help if you're still over the salary cap, um, unless you're an owner looking to save. A few <laughs> I bucks. was going to say you're not Glenn Taylor. 
But I'm I'm speaking on behalf <laughs> of an owner, hopefully, who's willing to pay up to the luxury tax or even over it for a team that's going to win and go back to the playoffs. Now, if you could package, if this is the thing, Gorgie Jang, Gorgie Jang is a, is a valuable player mm-hmm. who's overpaid. He's not a guy like Cole Aldrich. God love the guy. He's a Minnesotan and he's been on our show and he's he's a fun guy. But like Cole Aldrich, dropped he, a swear word on our he's show. He's not a guy. Yeah, he did a couple of them. He's not a guy that you're going to put on the court for 20 minutes a game. Gorgie is. And Gorg- Gorgie is a guy that could go out and maybe start for some teams. And Gorgie had a favorable contract initially when, when the cap jumped way up. The problem now is it's not jumping up. And so now that contract's gone from being yeah. a really good contract for salary cap purposes to not good at yeah. all. And it is, it's likely to jump up five or six million. It's not a terrible contract. Uh, I think uh, Gorgie's a guy who, if you, if you put him out there for 20 or 25 minutes, He's going to rebound. He's going to block some shots. He's got his two or three spots on the court where he can make shots from. He's not just a contract that you would be trying to trade. He's a pretty bad contract, but a player that you could put on the court, and then you'd be All attaching right. a good asset, which is a first-round pick in a deep draft. I've got one more I'd question, need something then. in return if I were to put those two things together. I've got one more question, then, uh, regarding what would be the 2019-20 season, then. As we go into next summer... Wiggins is going to be signed to a max deal, and let's just say he's still here because he probably will be. Towns will have signed his max. Butler will come up for a max deal, which will actually pay yeah. him, which will pay him more than he could get right now if he signed with the Wolves. God. Where does that leave you, salary cap wise, screwed, and luxury tax wise? Completely then? screwed. Completely screwed for two reasons. Number one, you'd be when you fill out the rest of your roster. You'd have to say goodbye to this is where you'd have to say goodbye to Jeff Teague. You'd have to say goodbye to Gorgie Jang just to try and make it workable with the luxury tax. So Tyus Jones would now be your starting point guard for less money than Jeff Teague, which I actually wouldn't mind. Um, but you, so you'd be for sure over the cap. You'd be for sure into some luxury tax situations. But then on top of that, if Andrew Wiggins doesn't get better, you'd just be completely handcuffed on the court. You would have this team with three max max ish players, and they're not all worth that contract. Then. And one of or them one is for it. sure not worth it. Another one only plays in like seventy five percent of the right. games. And Carl Anthony Towns maybe isn't. Yeah, he's right now he's a beast offensively. The news just gets better, Phil. But that's but so they. I guess my grand point here is they do have ways, even if they don't pull a big trade for like a Kawhi Leonard, which we haven't heard any rumblings of that. Uh, if they keep Andrew Wiggins, they can still make this team better. By drafting a three and D wing player at number twenty tonight, by adding someone, maybe a Contavious Caldwell Pope, if you can promise him twenty five thirty minutes and eight million dollars a year, okay. two three year contract, okay. and then some sort of three point shooter type with the biannual exception. There are ways to improve this team. Are you going to get it to the level of the Rockets or the Warriors? No. But then what you're telling me, though, is is after this coming year, when Butler comes up for his max contract and potentially signs here, you, you would have to tear some of that apart in order to make that work. Yes, and by then, you could it would be a lot easier then to say, it would be a lot easier to trade Gorgie's contract. Jeff Teague could say goodbye. So there are ways to shift that money around. Um, I mean, the, the easiest solution to all of this is for Andrew Wiggins to be a really good player. Well, sure. <laughs> it's just yeah. like... Snap your fingers. Let's make it happen. And I'd like to be 200 pounds again, but it's not going to happen. What do you? What do you now? Oh, I'm probably 225. Oh, you can. 
That's but I'm just saying I'd like to snap my fingers and be two two hundred pounds. I'm just saying it's uh, it's going to take some work. It's going to take a yeah. lot of work on Wiggy's part to become a serviceable max type player. Six five one six four six eight two five five. If you have thoughts on what the Wolves should do. 877-615-1500. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. Coffee break. Gotta hurry if we want to get a seat. On 1500 ESPN. Now, back to Mackie and Judd. I'm ready! Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Did you purchase a Garage Logic 25th anniversary pint glass? Well, listen up. We've got another pickup date set. It's this Saturday, the 23rd. The 1500 ESPN promo team will set up on the front lawn at Hubbard Broadcasting between 10 a.m. and noon distributing glasses. You will need to have your vouchers or a valid ID to claim your glasses. You will also receive your free town hall pint when you come. More details on the Garage Logic and 1500 ESPN Facebook pages. Pretty much gone to his stretch. This one hit pretty well. The left field hit deep to the gap. That ball's back. And gone. Grossman. With a leadoff home run, his third of the year. And a drive to right field. This is high and deep and gone. Yeah, the Twins, man, sticking it to another. I don't know if David Price is an ace anymore, but he's a really good pitcher still. Chris Sale is their ace. Yep. So since since Friday, you've now beat uh, Kluber, Carrasco in Cleveland. You beat uh, you beat the Sox and Sale a couple nights ago, and then Price last night. The only thing I would ask is, Lance Lynn, can you do me one solid here? <laughs> can you not adjust your cup between every single pitch? I mean, pace of play last night was solely the fault of Lance Lynn taking his time between. I swear he must have adjusted himself every single. Does he need some gold bond? I don't know, but it can't be that. It can't be that difficult, can it? I I, I mean, if you ever, in fairness, you scored baseball. You probably didn't wear a cup when you were scoring baseball. Those things can get pretty uncomfortable. I have worn a cup playing a goaltender in street hockey before, and I will tell you, there are times for adjustments. It just didn't happen all the time. I just wanna. I just want you to get the ball, throw the ball. Is it possible that he has a little, I don't know, I'm not accusing him of anything, but maybe there's some bullfrog and rosin in different areas on his uniform, and that just happens to be one of the, be an odd the areas area. that nobody would ever check? Like, they would check your <laughs> they would check your cap. Yes, they would. They'd check your forearms, your neck. Yeah. They might even check your belt yeah, or but, the side of your baseball oh, pants. Oh, so you're thinking But they're not going to check, you know. You're thinking he's thinking to himself, well, uh, the crotch seems like a good idea. Maybe. I'm just saying. All I he, know is that game that game unnecessarily took too long because of that. He does work at a at a very slow pace. Uh but and and he walked everyone last night, but still like you've had a couple couple guys Jose Barrios and Lance Lynn grinding without their best stuff or their best command and combined they held that lineup in the five or so was it six and a third for Barrios. So a combined 11 and a third innings for the starting pitching that's, that's a great lineup. Yeah. Only one earned run allowed, only a couple runs. Lance Lynn if you go back now his ERA peaked at 7.47 in the middle of May. But if you just take his last six starts, he still has way too many walks on the books. But opponents are hitting just 192 against him. And he has a 1.73 ERA over those six starts. Mm-hmm. And that comes against teams like Boston. Uh, that's a decent Cleveland lineup. Angels, I don't know, take or leave that lineup. He's not exa- I mean, he has a couple starts against Detroit in there, too, but... He's peaking and and turning it around at a very advantageous time, either for A, if you want to trade him, or B, if the Twins are going to hang around this thing and B, teams like the Red Sox, you're going to need a guy like Lance Lynn 
to be really good for you down the stretch here. And it does make you go back and wonder if he had gotten a full spring. In fact, they were going through on the telecast last night. They were going through the guys that signed late. And it's a disaster. Cobb has been an absolute train wreck in Baltimore. Holland was going to be the closer in St. Louis and was awful. Mm-hmm. Lance Lind got off to an awful start. Arietta, they did. Darvish. Arietta's been great. They didn't bring him up, and he's been good. Uh, but those those first three that I talked about got off to just awful starts. And Lynn, I think of those three, is the first one to start to turn things. So if he had gotten a full spring training, I do think you're talking about a guy who he might not have been fantastic so far, but the statistics would be improved. And and he's had a really good career. The guy has pitched in huge games in St. Louis, and I get the, he had the Tommy John surgery. Uh, but this is the type of dude, if he starts pitching the way that you thought he could, could be one of your, he could be a playoff rotation caliber starter. If, and, and we saw Brian Dozier last night, uh, had, had a big hit. If Brian Dozier starts to get hot, and if Lance Lynn, I mean, I, my question would be if this team starts to get hot here in the next few weeks, and you've got, what, five weeks until the trade deadline, how good can they be? How is it too late? How good can they be? C- could this team still make a run? In the central division, and I think and that's that, dependent on one thing. You get a month to figure it Cleveland out. Cleveland and its bullpen. If Cleveland goes and gets bullpen help, I think they start to pull away, and and you get the clarity that you want. If you're the Twins, to probably start to make some moves. If Cleveland does not go get bullpen help, I think you're stuck in saying. And this this Twins team to me is maddening because I every time I think I figured them out, I haven't. Yeah, I saw a great tweet uh, along those lines from our guy Pat Donnelly last night. Welcome Robbie Grossman to the We're About to DFA You. Yes. Oh, but you just had a big home run yep. club. Yep. Uh, Adrianza, definitely part of that club. Hey, I, I turned in my card key on the Robbie Grossman bandwagon. I I said, I I can't do it anymore last week. And here, all of a sudden, he's one of their hottest hitters over the you past You said on the show last week that you I can't finally go back agreed on now. that they were done. That It looks like it's done. I think they did. were hours away from DFAing Robbie Grossman because you, you can't really put him in the outfield. But they keep coming back. They're on life support every time, and they get out the paddles, and they shock them back to life, and then yeah. they beat Boston and, and <laughs> Cleveland twice. It's, it's maddening because every time you think to yourself, okay, this is who the Twins are, they do the opposite of that. Yeah. Do we know, did Byron Buxton play last night? Yes, he did play last night, and I want to say he had one or two hits last night. I think he had one hit. He stole a base. Uh, Miguel Sano also then. played a Class A last night and went 0 for 4. Did he strike out? I've not looked at the box score to see that. I just saw in the paper today that he was hitless, and I, I don't care. But uh, Oh, you'd like him to mash single-A pitching. You know, No, I'd like him not, not to eat the mashed potatoes. I don't care. <laughs> he doesn't have to mash the pitching. Just don't eat the mashed potatoes, Miguel. Stay away from the carbs. Um, yesterday, Dan Hayes engaged in some extremely reckless speculation regarding Joe Maurer. Just floated out names that the Twins could shop at the deadline, and the fifth name out of his mouth was Joe Maurer. There are two teams. I've gone through all the contenders. There are two teams that could really use Joe Maurer down the stretch if the Twins were looking to pull the trigger on some sell trades. He'd have to waive his no-trade clause. Right. And this has been a ridiculous conversation for every single year of that contract, except for this year. And Hayes broached this. And he's a beat writer, so you have to take him seriously. We'll, we'll dive in. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studio. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. I'll be there ASAP. Where you going ASAP? You better be back ASAP. On 1500 ESPN.